0: You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast from me, Peter Pratt. Happy Friday, guys. Hope everyone is doing well. and Welcome back to trade season. It is part seven, part seven of trade season. I hope you've been enjoying all the previous episodes. Sean Barrett is back, my wingman for this series. Sean, how are we doing?
0: Yeah, doing good. we finally getting into the swing of this, and uh, we're near the end now.
1: Well, we'll go back around then. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, good man. Well, listen, appreciate you finding the time again. This has been epic. Uh, we probably look at the runtime of everything combined. This is probably... It's gonna be probably six hours plus worth of content across all these uh, these trades. So I appreciate you finding the time. And uh, yeah, today, what have we got in store? We got the Pirates, we have the Cardinals. So we're gonna finish off that NL Central. And then we're gonna start with the NL East with the Atlanta Braves. So those three are queued up. To remind everyone, if you haven't listened to any of trade season thus far, which, well, firstly, what have you been doing? Secondly, go back to the start. But if you're here listening now real time ago going, trade season, what are these boys doing? Me and Sean are putting forward proposals, win-win proposals with every major league team. And for today's episode, we're covering part of the Central and also the East. So that's the basic premise. There's no winner, there's no loser. We just throw it out there and have a bit of fun with it. So. Let's pile in, Sean. Sure, we have got the Pittsburgh Pirates on deck. We have already executed a trade with them. Um, we there's, there's still some other players out there that could be interesting for the Marlins. I won't lead the witness, so I'll hand it over to you.
0: So, yeah, as you said, there's a few interesting players there. And I think I've tried to leave the the main guy alone, simply because... I think that's probably where you're going to go. And I think we've already probably talked about him a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere in front of a microphone. So I tried to find something a little bit different. And now Pittsburgh, I mean, we've, we've struggled with some teams. Are they competing? Are they rebuilding? Pittsburgh are in the dumps. They are probably going to be the worst team in the majors in 2022. Could they Compete with the 1962 New York Mets and have the most losses in MLB history. You know what? Maybe. So as you said, they've already moved on from Stallings, one of their best hitters, uh, and brought back, as we know, Zach Thompson, Carl Nicholas, and uh, Connor Scott. That's it. I say I've nearly forgot his first name. Thompson, who pitched well for the Marlins last year, has slid in as their number three starter. That kind of just shows you where they are as far as quality. Now Thompson's a good pitcher; he's a decent guy, but is he a number three pitcher for a rotation? Probably not. You know, the the rest of the lineup or the rest of the roster, the lineup just doesn't look that appealing whatsoever. And so, what I've tried to do is help them out a little bit by just sending bodies, because some of the players on their twenty six man roster simply aren't major league players. So the player that the, the Marlins are going to get from uh, Pittsburgh is Bednar, who is one of their relievers, probably scheduled to be their setup man, probably could get some saves as well for them. What's he, he like at 11.42k per nine, a sub-free walk per nine last year? You know, he's a guy that's got good K potential, control's pretty decent. And the one thing that's really interesting about it is how much team control he's got. He's got five years to control Mm -hmm. and so question why would Pittsburgh move on from him simply because they just aren't going to compete over this window and they simply need to start moving anybody of value and start the rebuild. So what I'm actually going to send is I'm going to send three players over there and all three players and as you said yesterday about the 40-man, all three players were on the 40-man for the Marlins and... Pittsburgh actually have a couple of spaces on their 40-man. One thing that they don't have on their 40-man is a backup catcher. Uh Uh-oh. They do have in the minors Michael Perez, who was waived last year. But, yeah, I can't see them wanting to play him next year. He was the fourth worst catcher in major leagues last year with a negative 0.9 war. So they need a catcher back. So we're sending Peyton Henry. They need more depth. So I'm going to send them Harrison, Monte Harrison, who obviously is better non grata at the Marlins right now. And they also need some pitching just at the major league level. It is a situation of, yes, they're going to lose a lot of games, but you have got to complete 162 games and you're going to need to pitch nine innings at least in every game. So we're sending Lazardo. So it's a three-piece package that improves them at the major league level and. It helps to at the prospect level as well. It's not a major return for them. It is free guys, but they're going to need that because their roster is just bare bones right now.
1: Still feels expensive. Like, lazardo was how many years of control has he got? He's probably got five, at least maybe four. Sorry. So, yeah, Lizardo one for one for uh, yeah a, a controllable reliever. And actually, you're right. He did. It, you know, his numbers look good. He looked like he had a good year, pitched a lot of innings. Cape and I' is good so absolutely could be could be someone just to drop straight into eighth inning let's say just behind Hader perhaps so yeah that makes <laughs> makes some sense for sure <laughs> feels expensive though it does i i think they're like my gut feel with lizardo just to kind of segue into that just to have that discussion because i don't think we've had it for a while just my gut feel with lizardo is that there's a good chance he's going to have a good run in the rotation uh, next year with the Marlins is is my sense, unless there's some major move. and Maybe that's the type of move you, you make as part of a hater package, looking back on that. Um, I think the Brew Crew U- UK called it out on Twitter yesterday saying there's no way haters being moved, and I, th- I think their assessment is accurate. So let's probably put that one in the bin. But nevertheless, it makes sense. I think going to these non-contending teams and finding their best reliever, I think it's logical for the marlins because clearly the needs that we have are quite unique and the other major just to segue into mind you know clearly the other major bit of talent that they have is is one of the best players in in baseball right now there's no getting away from that that is what brian reynolds is um, and the reality is the package that we put forward for mullins it's a similar package, really. You can't get away from it. That, I, th- I think that's the price. Like, And it's an Edward Cabrera, J.J. Bladé, Nassim Nunez type deal. It's it's two of your top five prospects and you know one of your uh, top 15. Like, I, I think that is genuinely the price. Would the Pirates be happy with that? I guess it depends how they value Edward Cabrera and J.J. Bladet. But for many people, Edward Cabrera is the number one prospect the Marlins have. Right now, he still has prospect status, I believe. Maybe he doesn't.
0: I'm not sure. Has he? He's. I think he was super two, so he's he's going to have the the first year of arbitration, but he'll end up having four years of arbitration.
1: Yes. Okay. Cool. So he's he's a super two guy. So you have the control with him anyway. And you know, listen, he he was last year going into the year one of the Marlins' top prospects, if not the top prospect. He graduated. We we saw him in the majors, and. In many in many senses, it was you know what you expect from a rookie pitcher. But at the same time, he, he seemed to get stronger and stronger, and better and better. A bit like what Lazardo did. Thinking about that, so I I think he is he has ace potential. It reminds me a lot of Sandy in some ways, like in that kind of young, raw potential. So absolutely, I think there's another Sandy Alcantara there. So if I'm the Pirates, I'm thinking absolutely, let's get him in. The question you've got is whether his age, whether it's he's too old. Not old, but whether the clock has started and whether that fits the Pirates' eye. I think that is probably the only question, but I don't know. They do have some other young players coming through. Obviously, they've got Cabrian uh, Hayes, O'Neill Cruz. They've got a couple of dudes coming through. I'm sure the system must look okay, but for me, I think the Pirates, they have to move on from Reynolds. They really do. And I think the Marlins absolutely should be having the conversation. I think they've had the conversation already. Clearly, they've had it at the deadline, as Craig Mish said with us, shared with us that it was active and subsequently has, has not picked back up. But I, I I, think they'll revisit it in some way and whether that package is enough, whether it's too much, whether the Marlins are happy to do that. I don't know. It feels a lot. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to be trading away Edward Cabrera. I don't really want to trade away J.J. Bleday either, to be honest. But the reality is, Blade isn't going to be in the major league this year, at, at least to start. Maybe at the back end, if if required. Um, Cabrera absolutely has a shot to be. Um, so, you know, trade away Cabrera is going to hurt the pitching right now. It's not going to hurt it from the out. You know, you get Reynolds, and that is going to help the offense. And clearly, the emphasis has to be on the offense after it was a bottom three offense. So, I'm okay with it personally. It's expensive, Sean. What are your thoughts? I think, you know, it's it's the same package as Mullins. Effectively, there's no difference.
0: It is. I think. I don't think it's expensive. I think it is. It is a situation where that's that is kind of the price for a guy like Reynolds. The one thing that I am interested in is the Pirates are probably going to go into the year with a a salary of about fifty million, maybe below that which is, you know, it's, it's embarrassing. I mean, as a longstanding Marlins fan, I've been there and I've, I've, I've seen yeah. what the league look at you when you do things like that. And and to be honest, if I was a Pirates fan, why am I going to a game? Like you mentioned Cabrian Brian Hayes, who was probably their second best batter. And behind that, you know, yes, O'Neal Cruz is an exciting guy um, that's coming up. Yeah. But realistically... It's not, So sorry. Yeah, it is O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, yeah. He's coming up, but he's, he's a rookie. He's, he's, you know, is that going to be enough to bring me to the game? You've got Yossi Stugo, who I actually quite like, but again, I'm not going to a baseball game to see him. Brian Reynolds is their only show-stopping player and realistically, while he's cheap, cause he is, he's, you know, he's going to be below 10 million for this year and probably next year. And he is the one guy that you can put on your posters who you can put on your banners who you can send signed autograph photos to you know your season ticket holders to try and get them invested you know it is a situation if they move on from him it really is a case of you know we've blown it completely up ignore us don't worry about us we'll see you in 3 years time and as a business you just can't do that so i think that's one reason why he might remain on the team but yes, realistically, at some point, he is going to have to be moved on because they aren't winning in the next four years.
1: No. It's an absolutely terrible roster right now. It really is. Cabrian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz, young dudes, exciting. Cabrian you know, Hayes is nice, for sure. But there really isn't anything else, is there? It's, it's really barren. Really barren. And the pitching staff is, I mean, like you said, Zach Thompson... I'm going to be drafting him everywhere, by the way, in fantasy. Just to segue back into fantasy, it is kind of fantasy season now, and I like Zach Thompson there. I think you know he'll get a good run, he'll get a lot of innings, and yeah, he. You know, let's let's think back to that Washington Nationals game when the Nats were fully loaded still, and they were trending at that point, and Zach Thompson had an 11K game, um, an outing. So, I mean, I'm actually really excited for Zach Thompson to get a full run of it, but. I don't know, the Pirates, they do need to they do need to move on on Reynolds. The reality is multiple teams need a centre fielder, multiple teams were in on Marte. So, you know, that's I think that's the negotiation they go. They don't need to pull the trigger as as quick as maybe they did on Stallings. Um clearly the Marlins were happy to go in and, and slightly overpay on that. They they'd seen who they wanted and they you know, they gazumped the Red Sox, which I spoke about a few weeks ago. And that's the beauty of the Marlins, that really their system is is second to not many, for sure. And so if they truly want Reynolds, they can get it done, if they want him. Um, and the Pirates, you know, they'll be talking, you know, the Astros will be talking to them, no doubt. I'm absolutely convinced the Astros will be, actually, to be honest with you, I do think that the Astros will get a deal done for Reynolds. That, that's just my gut feel on it, is is that's where it'll land. I don't know why, nothing behind that, but think that that would be a nice fit for them anyway it's it's an expensive one for sure um, it, it's gonna be expensive for, for Reynolds for Mullins for any of these elite dudes but you know uh, we'll wait and see on that okay so we will get into the Cardinals next and the Cardinals would be an interesting team for us to get into I, I when I got into them and started looking at them they're better than I realized actually they there's they had more talent than I thought that they did. Um, We saw them a little bit last year, but mainly at the start of the season. And I kind of had the feeling that they weren't going to be really contending. They obviously ended up making the wild card. So, you know, fair play to the Cardinals. So we're we're going to dig into them shortly. Before we do that, it's time to get into our first ad of the day. US ads, British twist with... Built.com, of course. Built Bar, the boys, New Year and New Year's resolutions. Who's who's still got Dry Jan going? If you have, let me know. I definitely have. Sean? Dry jam still about, going? Just about, yeah. Just he's hanging on. What's in that glass you've got there? It's uh,
0: honest. It's only water.
1: It is. Yeah, it looks it looks suspiciously like a gin and tonic, but nevertheless, hope everyone is sticking by and listening. And it is hard. And so, if you've made some resolutions, if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar, it's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. Maybe even better than a candy bar, if you can. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes good. You'll want to eat it, Un- unlike other protein bars that could be chalky or waxy or, yes, tastes like a chemical spill. <laughs> what flavours have they got? What am I going for? Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, milk brownie, so, so many choices. If you like what you hear and you want to get into Built, get across to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, it's all one word, LOCKED15, for 15% off your first order, built.com. Okay, Sean, let's get into these Cardinals. Uh, Surprising season, for for me at least anyway, with these guys, and there's plenty of talent around in St. Louis that I've undervalued, I think. So what do you see in terms of a need, a fit, as a trade partner for the Marlins?
0: Yeah, so St-Louis, so they always put out a good team. Um, I have, for some reason, I can't work out an irrational hatred for them. I I have no explanation for it. I just, whenever I see them play, I don't like them. And you look at the team and yeah, they are built to win now. You've got Yadia Molina and Adam Wayne Wright playing in their final seasons. And yeah, they've got an aging core. One of the things that they don't have, and, and who knows if it's going to be an issue, I think it probably will, is they haven't got a tried and true DH style bat in the in their lineup, additionally to their lineup. So they they could realistically, with the depth and quality of the bats, you know, play around, and obviously they're going to be days off here and there, especially with, as I said, a slightly older team. But realistically it was it was difficult they've got a strong team they've they're, you know they are built to win and there aren't many holes so that was the only one that i really saw so the piece together that i've actually made is is quite a big deal actually in the end of it is the marlins are going to be looking at tommy Edmund, who is slated to be the starting second baseman and played mostly at second last year for st louis but he's played nearly everywhere he's played at second short third and in both corners for significant periods of time and actually is above average defensively at all of those positions over his career a 28 defensive run saved across all those positions the one that interests me most is him playing at third base so in 2019 and 2020 he had some solid p- periods of time playing in third base you know it's He's a guy with speed, which the Marlins do need. He's going to be about a 10-30 kind of guy, 10 home runs, 30 solo bases. He's not your prototypical, typical leadoff guy because he's you're looking at about 320 on base percentage, but the Marlins are going to need speed at some point next year, so that's why I'm looking at him. The return to li- to level it out, I'm sending Lazardo again. I, I, I don't want to do it, but it's just an equal value situation. If the Cardinals had a slight need, pitching-wise, an extra arm in, in the rotation. Who who couldn't need an extra arm in the rotation? Mm-hmm. And of course, Edwin's going to be playing third base for the Marlins in this scenario. So BA is going the other way. Wow. He's, he's a guy that is going to be able to play at third or play in that DEH role. You know, Defensively, he's fantastic. So he can play across. The, and that's what the Cardinals have built. They've built a team with depth. Um, so they've got guys that can play in multiple positions. I mean, obviously Edmund can do that, but BA is kind of a guy that can additionally do that, but also give them that extra arm as well. Whereas that's obviously a depth situation for the Marlins, and they're bringing in a guy with some speed, and you know ultimately give not giving up on BA, but you know the the, the BA situation is something that is coming to a head
1: oh boy oh boy <laughs> i mean it makes sense i mean this is there's a few of these similar trades isn't there where we're effectively looking for some sort of upgrade to third base and ba is going the other way to offset it um it's <laughs> it's funny we're gonna listen back to some of these episodes in a year's time and go what were we thinking why were we trading away ba the sex god Is it insane no we shouldn't be trading you know it was pay ba last offseason this offseason it's trade ba um but i mean.
0: Yeah, I mean, tomorrow, well, next week when we finish this this off, I think we're both going to have to have some long groveling apologies to every single player that we've traded away. It's been a fun ex- you know, fun experiment. And ultimately, yeah, we've tried to create trades where you've got to give to get. But yeah, there's a lot of these trades where they fit for, for needs and they fit for value. But, you know, we're both Marlins fans and we obviously love the players that play for the Marlins. But you can't upgrade without moving block players, so it is just the nature of the beast, unfortunately.
1: It really is. We are going to have to send out an apology because it isn't. It isn't nice, and it's possible that you know that some of the guys are tuning into these episodes just you know they've got nothing else to do. You know, hook into Locked On Marlins Daily Marlins Podcast. Why wouldn't you? It's possible. So it's just a bit of fun, guys. We love you. We actually don't want to trade anyone. We just want to spend some money instead. Get some free agents. Keep everyone. That's what. I, that's what I'm talking about like the deal, mate. Tommy Edmund, uh, good player. You know, good, good player. There's no getting away from it. And not reached Arb yet either, right? So what, four years of control on Edmund? Is that right?
0: Yeah, it looks right to me, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, a lot of control, a lot of talent, a lot of versatility. Ticks a lot of boxes for these Marlins, for sure. Lizardo, big price tag, plus BA. But, you know, it is what it is. Okay, I'll take my stab at this one. I equally was a little bit puzzled, but when I looked into the Cardinals themselves, what was clear was they need a fourth or fifth starter. It's like, for me, it's glaring. They have, they, the one, two, three is very nice, very nice. Uh, But I, I think they are light in terms of four, five, six, seven, whatever, however many numbers you want to look at. So that's where I focus my attention. And what I like with the Cardinals, there, there's, I think, a hidden gem or maybe a forgotten gem, perhaps, in the bullpen. If we turn back the clocks to 2019, Jordan Hicks was absolutely on fire for the Cardinals. He was on fire. He was, like, locked in as the closer for however long. I can't, you know, it was, he was sensational. But he opted out of 2020, and in 2021, he, he was okay but the Cardinals have kind of moved on from him in that spot that role they found other guys and thus all of a sudden I'm looking at Jordan Hicks thinking hmm that could be an interesting one someone who's done it before who's young throws some gas I mean fits the profile in many ways so that's where I'm going with it I'm going for Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals going the other way you know it, it's gonna have to be a you know a fourth, Guy, and truly, I believe, that we've done it too many times and we apologise, we apologise, Eliezer, but this is the perfect fit for me. Eliezer Hernandez for Jordan Hicks, similar type of control on both guys and fill a need. The Marlins, unless, of course, that they feel that, that Eliezer could do a similar job in the bullpen to what Hicks could do. But for me... Hicks has that experience doing stuff at the back end. A little bit of a reclamation project, but I I like him. Um, He was okay in 21. Like I said, 2020 he opted out and didn't play, but 2019 he was was very good. Um, So it could be the right time to buy on Hicks. So there you go, straight up one for one. Lilo Hernandez, Jordan Hicks. The Marlins get a closer option. Whether Hicks closes, I think if they're going to give up Eliezer, they'd have to be sold on Hicks being... You know, given first shot at the closing spot, in my
0: opinion. So thoughts on that one, Sean? Yeah, I mean, Hicks is, is a guy that we all know he throws gas, you know, over 100 miles an hour on his fastball. Uh, yeah, ground ball sort of pitcher as well, which is is something that plays well and something that I think the Marlins uh, do aspire to, 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 you know, getting in their bullpen. As you said, you know, his last couple of years have been, a little bit dodgy with him being away in 2020. Had a bit of an elbow issue last year. So it is a case of, is, is he healthy? Can he still throw that gas? If he can, then yeah, I don't see why that wouldn't be something that the Marlins were interested in.
1: Uh, I think it is, it's one of the better fits that I feel that I've made throughout this whole process. So I may be way off on this one, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of Jordan Hicks, but what I do remember I liked a lot in back in 2019 well obviously we didn't see him in 2020 so i feel like this is a real nice fit
0: yeah no it is a really good fit it's a sense of in 2019 this wouldn't be a situation where the marlins could acquire him for hernandez the price would have been far higher yeah. so it is a case of you're hoping for that bounce back you are hoping for you know lightning in the bottle and and yeah, he does throw lightning as well so it is a case of you know it's a it's a cheaper option uh, to fill up that bullpen Uh, situation and and it's something that really could, if it goes right it's going to go really right
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely that's, it's one of them where it could look sensational and yeah I, I, I think it's worth the shot, I think it's worth the dice roll to kind of get that type of guy in, that type of profile that is in my opinion, what the Marlins have been looking for for many years so Okay, there we go. We're going to get into these Atlanta Braves now very, very shortly and kick off this NL East. Uh, Before we do that, we will spend some time talking about BetOnline AG. BetOnline AG, well, they would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 22. New year new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50, 50% welcome bonus. Put a hundred bucks in, you get 50 extra. So use the promo code locked on, so one word locked on to get started. From basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 22. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favourite sports. bet online where the game starts. Okay. Final US and British twist. We're going to start now with this NL East and this could be fun with this. This means that we're going to have the Braves now, and then we're going to finish next week with the final three teams in the East. We've made a recent trade with the Braves and it was not a good one. So, they actually have quite a lot of holes to fill. And I think the problem is, is we're doing this in January. They were actually quite quiet pre-lockout. And so they have a lot of holes to fill right now, but I think they will address them probably in free agency and etc. So, but what it does mean is they have some needs. Whether we want to fill their needs, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, I'll let you take it away with these bravos. See what you've got. And I also have some in queued up ready to go too, so I'll I'll leave you to take it away.
0: So yeah, we're in, we're in our own division now, so um, it becomes even more difficult to try and create trades that are realistic. Uh, but because we are in division, I decided we're, I'm going to have a little bit of fun, and I'm going to have a little bit of fun at at Atlantis' uh, expense. You know, they as you said, they've got some holes in in the roster um, offensively. I think. You know, they've they've pieced together a lineup that's actually pretty decent. The bench at the moment as it stands, is it's it's not a major league bench. They need to work on that. Pitching wise, pretty strong team. Are you gonna trust Tucker Davidson in your number five? A guy that only pitched four games last year, who knows? The bullpen I actually quite like. There's probably some names in there that are a bit underwhelming, but realistically that's a pretty decent bullpen piece together for you know. It's something that the Marlins have done previously. You know, they've, they've pieced together a bullpen and it's worked out. Sometimes it doesn't work out. What do the Braves really, really miss right now? It's a starting first baseman. Obviously, we know what's going on with Freeman. Will he sign with them? Won't you sign with them? What's gonna go on? So just because I'm, a, I'm enjoying the chaos with that situation, I'm sending them a first baseman because in that scenario, they don't get Freeman. And that would be funny in my eyes. If you look at what happened with the Marlins with Marte last year, that hurt. But if the Braves don't get Freeman back, that is massive for them. So we're sending over Aggie just because again, it's, it's just a, it, there's a casualty of a first baseman. I've sent Lewin in a couple of trades. I've sent Aggie in a couple of trades and Coop, as I've already said, is completely untouchable. So he's going nowhere. Uh, the return for the Marlins is Luke Jackson who is in his final arbitration year, just under four million. uh, Had a sub two ERA last year. That's not quite what he actually is. That was thanks to a slightly below uh, normal BABIP and an insane 90.2% strand rate. So over nine tenths of the batters that he put on base, never scored, which is just insane. That's wild. Yeah. Should revert back. What do I like about him? You know he is probably going to be a pretty average reliever but over the last two full seasons he he appeared in 70 and then 71 games so we're talking all the time about innings 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 you need innings he is a guy that you can trust to go out there 65 70 times a season and throw you major league innings which is invaluable because you you know in the dog days of summer when you've got double headers you've got games going in extra innings you're playing six games a week you need innings and rather than going down into the minors and plucking guys up who a might not be ready and b might not be the best players he is one of those staff fillers that you know a team could really really do well with
1: i like it and i <laughs> i would love for the Braves not not to re-sign Freddie Freeman, clearly. That would be lovely. I'm, I'm intrigued about the way that plays out in general. And there will be a lot of discourse if they, they don't manage to make something happen with Freddie. I feel like both parties want it to happen, though. And it's just a, a monetary negotiation. It's a bit like the CBA, where both parties want to make it happen. The clock isn't fully expired yet, so they'll have a dance for now. And I think that's probably the way it goes. But I would love someone to pile in. This is the beauty of free agency. This is why I love it. And this is what I've heard Craig talk about a few times in his own pod, where when these players get to free agency, every year there's a team that you don't expect to kind of plough in and go, let's just get a deal done. Basically, what the Rangers have done with their infielders, (laughs) they've just thrown some money out. No one would have had Simeon and Seager to the Rangers. But they piled in. Got a deal done. It wouldn't shock me if someone just wildly plows into Freddy and goes, Oh, you want, you know, you're negotiating with the Braves, in what, six years, 180 million? Well, sod that. Here's eight years, 220 million. Let's let's you know get you over here. It wouldn't shock me if that happened, and I would love it if that happened. For me, if it does, and I've said this on Twitter and probably on this pod and other pods. Freddie, it's not just the production, but the personality. The level-headed personality is so so big to that Braves. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of big personalities in that locker room, and I feel like Freddie just helps to balance things. And I think that if he's not there, things could get out of control in the Braves I think, clubhouse. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think you're right. I think he is one of those guys that is just that that steady guy that been there, done that, and he's still the performance is still there as well. It's not like he's just the agent star there for for that, you know, captain role, he is still a very good player. And to me, he he is to the Braves kind of what Miggy is to the Marlins in the sense of he's worth more to them than he is to any other team because of that longevity with the team. And and to me it is a case of saying, you know, he is he's been the face of our franchise for so many years and we want that to continue until he retires. And when teams don't do that, when they penny pinch and they don't you know, honor that with those players, I think that sends a message to the rest of the league, the rest of the players. And I think it is a massive misstep for the Braves to not sign him. Now, financially, is it the most sensible of decisions? No, it's not. No, exactly. But it is a case of not only that, if they don't sign him, What do they do at first base? Because that hole isn't just... That is a massive hole to have. You know, you can't just take out Freeman and expect your offense to keep rolling. They need him in in every facet of needing a player. They need him.
1: They do. They really do. The other interesting thing coming down the pipe is uh, Dansby Swanson is a free agent after this season. So all of a sudden, what was... And Austin Riley has emerged like... Maybe no one expected. Riley was sensational last year. We'll look to see if he can continue down that pathway. But, you know, from the middle, in the infield of a Freeman, Albies, Swanson, Riley, next thing is Freeman doesn't re-sign and Swanson then goes and tests free agency and gets, you know, someone wild goes and pays him. Next thing is the Braves infield doesn't look as strong. Ozuna's dh in for the next, what, six years or whatever. He's, you know, Acuna's obviously in the outfield. He's still obviously elite, but... All of a sudden, the Braves' window—if they don't in the next two, I guess, off seasons—if they don't re-sign these dudes, uh, it greatly changes what that team looks like, and that offense looks like.
0: Absolutely. And you just mentioned Ozuna DHing for them. Is he mm-hmm. going to be DHing for them? Is he going to see the field? He's I off think the so. Off-field off issues. You know, you never know how that plays out. Um, but you know, it's. You know that's a big contract as well uh yeah yes. they've got some big numbers i think as you said the acuna deal really really does help them but you know i think then they're, they're not quite close to needing to rebuild but they're they're on that cusp they're they're in a win now situation
1: yeah they and, absolutely
0: are. and then that that, that that begets the idea that they'd have to get freeman
1: i think so what i have to say is the the gm is is an absolute stud i'm just going to call out now he Can make some things happen like many others seemingly can't and so there's always a way with those guys and they're very creative with trades they find players um so i'm not worried about the braves i think the window will remain open for a few years but uh, if freeman doesn't sign then this is a real nice fit aggie across to them uh which which fills their need their void Actually, probably helps the Marlins in some ways too. Plus, you add a reliever, it's a win win. Like this is the point we said about the Braves at the moment, the Ross is incomplete. It is because they've you know tons of free agents, uh, uh you know, haven't re signed, so it's hard to know where they're up to. I do think, just to talk about Azuna, I think he will be back. I think I saw there was a retrospective uh suspension of 20 games or something, he ended up being served, he's already served that time, so theoretically Ozuna is back I think he's playing winter ball somewhere as well at the moment too so recently he was back doing selfies at third base and whatever so you know Ozuna's feeling himself he's feeling confident in the the public eye selfie and all so all right well I will finish up and this trade will blow your mind it is time for a blockbuster blockbuster season baby Ronald Acuna to the no I'm just kidding There's not a chance in hell Ronnie Acuna is uh, is coming to the Marlins. And I don't even want him. I don't want him. There you go. So, where have I gone with this one? Again, like I said with the roster, it's tough because we don't know. But what I do know is Ozuna should not be playing in the outfield probably ever again. If the DH is available, that is Ozuna's spot for the Braves, for the foreseeable. That leaves Acuna playing one of the corners. They have no centre fielder. They have no... I guess they've got Duval for one more year too. So let's say they've got Duval, Acuna, but no centre-field out whatsoever. They they have Christian Pache that is their top prospect. And this is one of those that I, I've never believed in Pache at all. He's way overvalued and way overpriced in my opinion. The dude, the glove is very nice. But so was Lewis Brinson's. So was Mike Sierra's. The gloves are great. Pache he's shown nothing, he can't hit he can't hit anything um, so I'm not, how he's the number one prospect in that system I have no idea So and he's not ready, he isn't major league ready so they're going to go and get someone to play centre field and that could be Brian Reynolds they could go and make a move there perhaps, that would be a nice fit I think they would have been on Marte too long winded way of saying I'm going to send them a fourth outfielder but I'm going to do them I'm going to repeat the favour return the favour sorry Okay. They sent us Alex Jackson. I'm gonna send them Alex Jackson but in centre field and I'm gonna send them Monte Harrison. Monte season, baby. And that is probably unfair to Monte Harrison because Alex Jackson took it to a new level in terms of strikeout for sure. Monte absolutely is a fourth outfielder where he's not asked to play that much on a on a team that then has the DH. Monte Harrison's serviceable, no doubt. And so, Monte's headed there. The swag, he'll love it. He'd absolutely love it in Atlanta. Him and Ronnie would be best buds. Albies, you could just see it now. They'd be loving it. So, Acuna, Acuna is going to be joined by Monte Harrison. Coming the other way, I was thinking along the same lines as you, mate. i think in bullpen. Who have you got in the pen? Monte Harrison, listen to the Marlins. What would they take? They'd take anything back from Monte Harrison. Like, to be honest with you, they'd probably give him away at this stage, but... Yeah, they're going to want something back so I should have probably gone and dug into the 69th ranked prospect in the Braves system and that would have been fine but I didn't I actually think there is a fit because Harrison does have a value in my opinion and so I'm going to get back Sean Newcomb from the Braves lefty lefty pitcher was a starter now not starting and um, you know he's expendable He's absolutely expendable. And he was, in 2020, Sean Newcomb was, at, he was probably the worst pitcher in Major League Baseball. He was horrendous in 2020. 2021, he was okay. Okay, for sure. And listen, we're not going to get anything major back from Monte Harrison. We can't because everyone knows the Marlins are done with him. But it's a lefty arm. He's got three years of control. He's entered up Three years of control. Sean Newcomb can start if needed. If things go really wild. The three-man rotation, you can just plonk Newcomb in there. So I think the Braves are probably, it's expendable. The bullpen, they've got most of it back. Yes, he probably was their lefty guy, but they've got other lefty arms. They'll find arms anyway. They could find it. But I think it gives them a nice glove, fourth outfielder. And what it says is, Pache, stay down in the minor leagues and work on your hitting. Work on your hitting, come back as the number one prospect, maybe in a year's time or later in the season. So there you go. Basically, it is Alex Jackson in reverse to the Braves, Sean Newcomb to the Marlins. <sighs> Felt like a lot of words for that trade and it probably wasn't worth it. But nevertheless, that is it. Sean, any thoughts on the Monte Harrison blockbuster there?
0: Well, obviously, I think the one thing that we can be pretty sure of is that Monte Harrison is going to be traded. And... So we at least had to add him to some trade somewhere because of that fact. And as you, as you put it, the value for him is it's going to be very small. And yeah, if if the Marlins can receive back a major league picture for, for, for what is basically a guy that they just have no value on, you know, you don't even, I mean, looking at his numbers for Newcombe, yeah, they weren't great last year, but, you know he's got he's logged major league innings in his career, and uh, yeah, I think you can never have enough arms.
1: You can never have enough arms. From the team that had a three-man rotation for half a season, absolutely, you can never have enough arms. So there we go. Feels like a great way to finish it. Monte Harrison blockbuster to the Braves. I actually like the fit. I think he could he could add some value there for sure. Like it take away the hyperbole. It feels like there's some slander being fired at Monte Harrison. I want to call it out right now and say, i he's done with the Marlins, but I think there is a Major League Baseball player in there. The tools are there for sure. And the confidence is there. There's obviously some challenges with his swing. Clearly, the strikeout is too high, but I, I feel like there is something there. There was no better media guy for, well, from a media perspective talking to the players, Monte Harrison's interviews were, you know, blockbusters, they all, they were every time, so I wish him well if it is the end of the road, and actually send him to the Braves, we'll get to see him plenty, perhaps, but I do think there is a Major League player in there, but it's not going to be with the Marlins, the same could be said of Isan Diaz, the same could be said for Lewis Brinson, these dudes, they'll go and find new, new homes, and they'll carve out their, their careers, the tools are there, but it just hasn't worked with, with Miami, so we roll. And with that being said, Sean, that is that is the end of the episode. Three teams covered in ah, a little over 40 minutes, so not too bad for me and you. Uh, I went off on a few tangents, which I was due a, a tangential episode for sure. Didn't expect to use it, the word. Is tangential the right word? Is that how you have
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not overly sure, but there was no way we were going to do two podcasts in a row at half an hour long. It not a chance. It was no chance. Not a chance.
1: And I'm actually, I need to look up now quickly in the dictionary. Tangential, is that is that a word? I'm not sure it is. But nevertheless, that's us done, Sean. Thanks again for finding the time, mate. We're gonna be back next week now with the the end of this series. So I guess part eight. Part eight will be next week. A day to be determined still. So we'll work out which day that is. But it will likely be you know, Monday, Tuesday, you know, something like that. Early part of the week, we'll work it out. Get our schedules to align. And we're gonna finish off with well, who have we got left? Uh, we have the uh, New York Mets, the Philadelphia Phillies, and, of course, the Washington Nationals. So the Nats will be last up. And what I must say is, there's some other, there's some other people starting to kind of take notice of this one Soto situation is all I'm going to say. A few other little eyeballs around Twitter, a few other little keystrokes being dropped about, oh, hold on a minute, Soto, he's actually only got three years of control and actually he's going to want half a half a billion dollars, are the Nats going to do that? Let's, you know, We're going to have full-blown discussion on that one. I may actually get a guest to join. Maybe I'll get a Nats fan to come and help us with that last episode or something, just to kind of add a bit of spice. I don't know. We'll see. But for now, Sean Barrett, thank you so much, mate. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to be back with the final part of this series uh, next week. Everyone, enjoy your weekends. Final week of the NFL season, I'm afraid to say, the Dolphins are cooked, uh, but the Rams... Are certainly not. So, uh, switch over your allegiances to the LA Rams and see what they can do. Look to secure a division title there again for the Rams. So, guys, until then, have a great weekend. Be back next week.